then with the use of our medications and our strategy with those low, slow, and as needed, mm -hmm. right, then uh, the, the medication isn't the only thing. And so we talked about some of the clinical services that go on, but what are some of the lifestyle factors we're looking for? Because that's the other part is, is even if we would get a person to an abstinence state, right, there's still other things that play into the lifestyle that you're living and, and that's sort of how that looks. So what's some other stuff that we're looking for? Yeah, so one of the things that I go over with clients a lot of times just to show them is that the Mediterranean diet is the non-medical treatment of choice for bipolar depression. No kidding. I mean, what we eat does matter, and it is in the, you know, information that you receive. And if you look at the things that affect it, you know, all of the dietary problems that they come in with, yeah, uh, potentiate that and it's right in the literature so then what is the so like mediterranean so diet like what are we looking for so fruits vegetables whole grains um fish okay uh, yeah fat um omega-3 uh, fatty acids uh -huh. um can be used they're antidepressants they have anticoagulant effects um there's some back and forth as to whether it has cardiovascular you know benefits or sure. not yeah but yeah, it can definitely be used, and it should be considered right there. So, wow. you know, when again, I try to I try to get a commitment because I don't care if you're a drug addict or if you're the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Right. If you can get someone to tell you what their plan is, yeah, they will consider that. And that's the part of that, like, hey, we're going to do this together. Yes. You're the expert in your life. You're yeah. going to tell me what you are willing to do. Yeah. So, and then I'm going to frame that out for you. Yeah. So I usually look at them and say, look, MAT, you know, mm -hmm. we're recommending Vivitrol and a Camprosate, right. uh, things that aren't going to repeat an addiction cycle. Yeah. So you're not out there at the best job of your life and you got to get out of there because you got to get to your methadone. You guys have brought it up twice and yeah. I'm just for myself, uh, a Camprosate. What is it? So it, what is it? What's it do? You kind of get into a whole different area. It's a GABA agonist glutamate antagonist. So what, Whoa, what in the world does that dude. do? Say that three times. Yeah, I can't. I can't say it once. Well, uh. gamma aminobutyric acid, which is what GABA is, okay. is a, has an anti-anxiety effect in the okay. in, in the brain. Okay. All right. Um, Alcohol affects opiate peptides, disinhibiting gamma aminobutyric acid, gives you that anti-anxiety effect, which then leads to the release of dopamine and the nucleus accumbens. And so, so then that's why I that's, drink. That's why you drink. Okay. That's right, right. That's why you decide to snort gabapentin instead of taking it the way it was prescribed. I understand. That's why benzos, you know, Ativan and Xanax, because that all has to do with gamma aminobutyric acid. Okay, and so then the acamprosate is a... So is it, a it does that, and it, I, it's kind of surprised me. It, once again, the streets kind of figured it out before the traditional medical community figured yeah. it out. We're sharp group. Uh, we really yeah. are. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, so a campersate all of a sudden started coming back that they were getting a lot of benefit for methamphetamine. So then mm -hmm. you look at it and say, okay, it doesn't lead to the obsession of the mind. I don't have people coming in getting mad at me because I can't fill their campersate. Right. And it seems to be right. beneficial. Like people, if I come in and need you to fill my oh, oxycontin and you can't and that's a, yeah, yeah it's the end of the day i mean they're going <laughs> off on you right oh, i got you so and that doesn't happen with a camper say it's okay. really easy to tell when things have a, a, a abuse potential and sure. it, it doesn't it doesn't have abuse yeah my metric yeah. for that you said the streets figured it out if, if something has an abuse potential it will have a street value yeah that's right right that's yeah. right that's exactly right yeah. so um yeah and so a camper say well then later i saw through uh the hazelden ford clinic they did a uh, presentation on phase two trials for medications for um, 
for um, stimulant use disorder, and guess okay. what was on there? A GAB agonist, glutamate antagonist. It wasn't a campersate, but it was a product called toparamate. Same thing, only different. And I, until I saw that, I really didn't know they had the same mechanism of action. Okay. But there is consistencies that you see within right. that, too. So. Okay, so I was just... Yeah. That was one of those things that come up twice, so I had to ask. Sure, you know I mean? sure. Had to ask. But yeah, you look at MAT. I, what I do is I say MAT, twelve-step program, yep. diet and exercise and behavioral health. Okay. What are you banking on here? Because if you bank yeah. on one of those, it's not going to work. If you bank on two of those, you'll get yeah. some sobriety. But so if you bank you, on all yeah, three, yeah. now you're going to get some. I think that yeah, was one of those right. phenomenons too at the state level with uh, OMAS opening up the sort of like peer-led recovery type things, right? Mm -hmm. Where we're looking at like trying to broaden the high way of what recovery actually is right? right and the phenomenon that i've noticed like personally is that what it said was hey 12-step recovery isn't the only way that you can get clean right like that's and that's sort of like what we had hung our hats on mm -hmm. like our agency for a long time i always said was built on guys that got sober in aa and then decided they want to get the counselor's assistance license and started working in the field right, right. and then we just stick with what we know and we teach the 12-step philosophy right yeah. Big book there, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, put your shoes under your bed, pray, read your big book, that kind of stuff, right? Come out in a few weeks. We'll start working on some stuff. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll take you to an outside <laughs> meeting now. So, like, all that was going on. And so the state opens up and says, hey, there's all sorts of different things that can lead to a pathway of recovery. And so we've got the 12-step route. And the other big one initially was the faith-based route because churches mm -hmm. do a lot of do a lot for right. the recovery community. Right. And then most meetings are in a church anyway. So it's an easy, hey, I go here on Thursday nights for the AA meeting. It's easy to go here on Sunday mornings for the yeah, church yeah, service, yeah. Right? All right? But opening things up like a fitness-based lifestyle, an education-based mm -hmm. lifestyle, um, uh, sort of like a health and wellness lifestyle, whatever, sort of like, you know, food, uh, hydration, sleep, sort of monitoring things you got going on or whatever. So there's all these different things that have come up that you can develop in, right? The thing that I saw happen, because what I feel like they was, was trying to be accomplished is, hey, you don't just have to do this one thing. You can do all these things and incorporate them into your recovery. Right, right. What I saw happen was pe it gave people reason to say, well, I don't have to go to AA or NA anymore. Yes. And so then yeah. the funny thing that happened, well, not funny thing, but the ironic thing that happened is people come in and we ask them, hey, define your pathway to recovery, right? Define what that is. What pathway are you going to pick? What's all going to be on there? Well, I'm going to do the church thing. And that's great. Hey, man, more power to you. And it's like, so how often do you go? And it's like, well, I don't really. You know what I mean? It's like, well, do you have like a mentor that you're working with or something? It's like, right. well, no, not uh, yet. Spiritual advisor? It's like, no. I, I have a, you know what I mean? Well, I have a Bible in my room. And it's like, okay, well, what are you reading or writing or working on mm -hmm. or whatever? And it's like, well, you know, I've been busy with all these stuff my counselor's given me. So it's like, a, it's almost created an out. Right. Well, I think what's supposed to happen is like, hey, if you want to be successful, it's the collection of tools exactly. in your toolbox that's going to yeah. work out. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. 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 And there's something about just that, you know, they talk about it in recovery acceptance part of it. Oh, yeah. That guy I was talking to out in Michigan, he had to call the Glen Bay up in Cleveland. Uh -huh. He said, so I'm going to call Glen Bay and I'm going to tell him that you told me. I said, no, you're not. You're going to call <laughs> Glen Bay. Cite your source, <laughs> Andy Pierron, pharmacist, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, you're going to call Glen Bay and you're going to say I'm an addict. I need help. And he's like, well, why do you want what? me to say that? Oh, you man. You know what I mean? Yeah, I and it's just that if you... If you recognize that and you call that, now you're willing to apply principles to that, uh -huh. where if you dodge that psychologically, 
then yeah. why go to a meeting? Why, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you go back into that. So, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you a lot. And just the uh, the acceptance part of that is so big and just sure. the perspective of the recovering person. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What do you think, Larry, as far as like the use of these multiple things that aren't not necessarily medication or, or primary health care interventions, not necessarily like counseling interventions either, but those lifestyle factors. What are some of the problems you see, some of the solutions that you right. see? So luckily in, in my position, I get to help with, with primary care aspect Okay. in addition to the MAT. So I get them to come in here and, and we talk about things. Hey, right. first two questions asked, do you smoke? Oh. Are you using tobacco? The second one, uh. how much caffeine you drinking? <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Now, I don't so, smoke, but I do drink a lot of caffeine. Right. Yeah. So those are two things I try personally to hit on right. whenever uh, I'm working with her primary care side. And then so what is, like, considering those facts? Like, mm -hmm. what is what is the big deal with, like, nicotine and caffeine? You know, because that's the other part of the of the addict side is I shrug my shoulders and say, well, at least I'm not shooting dope. At least I'm not, you know, doing that's right. At least so I'm not drinking. Exactly right. So then what's the, big, what's the big deal about nicotine and caffeine, man? Health well, effects. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. So what so, are they? So health effects of quitting smoking reduce your, your risk of lung cancer tremendously. Uh -huh. um, you also reduce your, your risk of COPD, um, lung diseases. Um, on top of, you know, it, smoking increases your uh, blood pressure, raises yeah. your heart rate, yeah. things like that. Caffeine, the same way. Yeah. So there, there are health benefits to these things yeah. outside of the fact that uh, what's caffeine do for you? What's nicotine do for you? Makes me feel good. It makes you feel you know good. I mean? It makes right. you feel yeah. good, man. Yeah. yeah. And the other part that I've noticed within the prescribing cascade that you were talking about yeah. is that I'm taking, I'm really nervous today, so mm -hmm. I'm drinking a lot of caffeine and smoking a lot of cigarettes. Well, I got to get ready. Those? <laughs> I, mean, I got to get, if, if I'm going into something that makes me feel nervous, and, I got to get ready. And I got to feel good. And man. I try to walk them through that that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> Those are angiolytics. And now you're going okay, back and asking up? Larry for yeah. something for your anxiety. Exactly. And nicotine and caffeine are angiolytics. So why think, step back and say, why would someone do that? Why would I naturally gravitate to something that causes anxiety if I have anxiety? Yeah. It's because you're an addict. <laughs> and it doesn't make sense. Call the, call the people and say that. <laughs> Tell them I'm an addict and I need help. Can I put a personal plug in here? Oh, please. Absolutely. Energy drinks. Please avoid them. <laughs> no! There is nothing good about an energy drink. Uh. The, the fact of the matter is, is it can it can destroy your heart. Mm -hmm. It makes your heart work over time. Your heart's yeah. a muscle. What do you do when you're working at the gym every day on yeah, the same right. muscles? Same you don't wear them. No, and there is a real cardiovascular effect to what we do. And you know people within the agency, and we've seen people that. Mm -hmm. What happened? Why, why do people not want to stop smoking? Because they'll gain weight. Right. Well, that's not a natural. Right. You don't have to gain weight because you stop smoking. Right. You gain weight because you're substituting. Right. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a coping mechanism. Right. The right. increase, like I know, uh, you know, hard candy or whatever. It's like one of those things. So if you're taking methamphetamine and heroin, yeah. you're going to have a ton of cravings. And if you're right. feeding those ton of cravings, even if you're diving into your recovery, you're still going to do that for a while. Right. And that is going to have health effects. Mm -hmm. That's going to increase your risk of stroke, heart attack, and diabetes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we have had people that have worked a very good program who are worked tremendously in this field yeah. who have had heart attacks. Yeah. And it's because they take that on. So yeah. it, it is real. And it yeah. does, it needs to be addressed. Even though when they come in the door, that's it's like, so trust me, nicotine and caffeine <laughs> are the least of my unpopular problems. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know? right. yeah. Uh, well, Larry's ruined my day about the yeah. energy drink thing, but hey, we'll, uh, we'll rebound or whatever. I don't know if I, I was going to go get a coffee after this. I don't know if I will now or whatever, but, um, 
So then how do we wrap all these things up, right? So like the the actual drugs that we're using and the various ways that they exist, the treatment interventions like individual sessions, group sessions, connecting people to get needs that, you know, needs met through like case management service stuff, sort of somebody helping manage, you know, their own lives and all that. And then increasing that responsibility, the lifestyle factors, you know, regularly working out and being active, getting enough sleep, drinking enough water, having a diet that's that of a decent human being. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to, while I, while I would just love to drive through Taco Bell every day, I don't have to do that. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, right? Yeah. What are the, what are the, how can we work to combine all these things to create best practice from y'all's perspective? Sure. So let's go back to the root of addiction. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a disease. It's a physical disease. Mm -hmm. Just the same way we wouldn't treat diabetes with insulin alone. Right. We wouldn't treat it with diet alone. Mm -hmm. It's a full spectrum. It's a whole toolbox that yep. goes in to, to the treatment. And in the end, our goal at TCC is to treat addiction to treat substance use disorder, whether it be alcohol, opioids, methamphetamines, cocaine. Mm -hmm. and, and by doing that, our, our, our program has this toolbox, okay? Right. We've got all these things that we can use. We have counseling. Mm -hmm. We have the the providers in place like myself and, and the other nurse practitioners to provide the medical side. Yep. We have um, faith-based groups that they can go yep. to. Um, and, and in order to make their recovery successful, we gotta, we gotta give them all the tools and that's, right. that's our goal. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing, and along the lines of what you said is best practice, I do think that there is a, there is a sweet spot in all yeah. this as far yeah. as the different ones and, and the way that they integrate. We don't know what that sweet spot is yet. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to discourage people from going all in on something. But at the same time, what you see repeatedly is they go on in, all in on one aspect of that. Right. And then that's usually won't work. And then they're, then they throw that out as a tool right. that doesn't work for me. And that, right. I, I, that really scares me because right. I think they need to remember that this is a stepwise approach Learn from it. But just because that didn't work in the end doesn't mean that it wasn't part of the tools that could help you. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I started eating like crap again, so I'm going to stop taking my insulin because I'm eating like crap again. Well, no, that one was those, one part of it. That's one of those things know? with like exercise yeah. you hear. It's like, well, you know, when I'm, wow, when I'm working out all the time, when I'm exercising, I, it's like I eat better. Yeah. It's like those things also sort of drive each other. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like sort right. of that whole like success breeds success kind of thing, right? Yeah. When yeah. one thing's going well, I can then uh, let other, allow other things to go well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so then um, that's, a, that's also, I think, a paradox of what we see. Because at the end of the day, when people think about the counseling center, they think about like addiction treatment, mm -hmm. right? They think about providing treatment for substance use disorders. But then we talk about all those traditional programs that are set up to do that. But then we talk about all these other ancillary programs that are set up, access to the health and wellness center and the gym and the, and the classes and all those sort of things, uh, you know, CrossFit, yoga, personal training, the staff health coach, all that sort of stuff. Then you've got like primary health care is mm -hmm. integrated, right? You can meet with the pharmacist and talk about how your medications interact with each other and, and build this plan around things that might be lifestyle based, not necessarily medication based. So the funny part is, is it looks like, well, we're getting into everything. We're not just a substance use disorder treatment agency. You guys are getting into everything. You know what I mean? What mm. will you do next? And it's like the reason we're doing that is, is the philosophy isn't because we're not a substance use disorder treatment agency. It's that we believe that in order to treat that one primary disease that we have to consider all these other things. 100%. Right? I agree. Got to treat the whole person. Exactly. Yes. You got you yes. to... 
A, meet them where they're at yep. and get them to the point where they can return to their own life and, and be successful. Yeah. I mean, that's well, and the sad part about it is when you look at alcoholism, what usually would happen is someone would come in in their 40s mm-hmm. and relapse. You've heard of relapse part of recovery. You learn from it and you move on. And we keep doing things to improve our lifestyle. Right. And that happens within a 20-year-old heroin addict, too. Right. Yeah. The issue is, is it's so darn deadly. Right. That one slip up and they're dead. Right. And now all of a sudden, how did that fit into the recovery? Well, it did yeah. because they're dead. Well, so it really changes things. And to like yeah. reframe that, the one thing, the one way I've heard that explained and I like it is that relapse is not part of recovery. Relapse is part of the disease state. Yes. That people have a return Good to point. the disease state, right? Yes. And yeah. that happens with all sorts of other diseases. It does. It's yeah. one of those weird paradigms of, you know, well, if, if relapse is part of recovery, then, you know, then what you're doing is obviously not working, blah, blah, blah. And then to reframe that, though, is it's actually not part of the wellness, you know, piece of this. It's part of the disease piece of this. Exactly. Well, look at gambling addiction. So I'm a gambler. Sure. I'm losing. And I went and bought some lottery. I can't go to the casino. I either. went and bought the lottery. <laughs> I went and bought the lottery tickets, so right? You're going to tell me not Sorry. to drink it or drink. You're going to tell me not to go to the casino. I quit this whole thing. But I went and bought lottery tickets. Okay. that Yeah. Go and talk to your counselor about it because right. it can lead to other things. Sure. And so that that's how I improve my gambling addiction. Right. The problem is we have that same thing happening with a heroin user. Yes. But now all of a sudden they're it kills them and and that you know where does that fit well the margin for error is so thin these days with the with the way that drugs have evolved and those kind of things and that's why i think it's important for people to understand like you know our philosophy and the way that we do things is is ours and something that we're trying to look at the utilization of best practices and considering all the things right right there's also another you know there's also other agencies that are reputable that are do other other entities that are doing good work in the space of like harm reduction and those kind of things and those i don't think are like something that needs to be like scoffed at right Right. it's just not our place in the whole thing right right? yeah so that's another important thing i think for if if a person's like hearing this and has a loved one they want to get help or if they're thinking about getting help themselves is like find the place that will meet you where you're at and work through that like sort of sickness to wellness continuum Mm -hmm. just at your own pace with the with the help of another professional right because there's it's so deadly yeah it's so yeah. deadly. So it's yeah. like even one of those things now is like, you know, if you're if you're using, please do that as safely as possible. Like yeah. don't use alone, always mm-hmm. carry Narcan, all those kind of yeah. things, right? Yeah, right. Um, and then and then find out about what the resources are that can help you sort of survive that to get into a, a treatment experience that fits your needs or yeah. whatever. Yeah. 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 It's, and, it's, uh, and it needs to be individually based there because yeah. people have different backgrounds Absolutely. to come into that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. It kind of goes back to my first question. Tell me about yourself. Where are you? Right. Because because unless we know that, uh-huh. we can't get them to that end plan. Right. And, and but that's you know our mm-hmm. goal. And that's another thing too. I know that we do. If somebody comes in and expresses, "Hey, I'm not really ready to get on these medications," and and up with a plan mm-hmm. to come off of them, that we work to connect them to a service line mm-hmm. that does those kinds of things right. to meet that need for them. It's not like a. We don't want a monopoly on all. Well, you if if you can't go here, you can't go anywhere. Kind of deal. I think that's another thing that's like come up as far as like a an idea of the way that we do things. If if we don't have what a person needs, we refer them somewhere else. For example, if someone needs a psychiatric hospitalization, well, we don't have that, mm-hmm. so we're not going to try to treat it. We're going to connect you with a place that does that. Okay. Right. Same thing. If you're coming onto a medication that you don't want a plan to come off of, we will hook you up with a provider mm-hmm. that does that. Well, and we were talking earlier how hard it is to get somebody off of Suboxone when they're an mm-hmm. outpatient. Yeah. So what I tell people is, look, you leave treatment if you do stop taking your Vivitrol and you relapse. 
don't make Suboxone a bad guy. That right. might stabilize you to get you back. Sure. Because that could save your life at that point in time. Yeah, absolutely. It may not be the product for you now, but that right. doesn't mean we hate Suboxone or we sure. think that it's in the world. Yeah. It just, where does it fit in your recovery? Well, and that's what I think the, the, the important thing, right, to like put a bow on that is like at the counseling center, what we're trying to do is consider all these things and then use the tools in a way that mitigates the risk, that has the client's best interest in mind, that has the highest potential for success in mind, and then to work with the other things that exist that we don't do to sort of like patch people through to those kind of things, right? Yep. Yeah, think of it as exactly. um, back to the medical world, you know, um, this hospital may have these um, specific treatments. Sure. If they don't have that treatment there, then I as the provider need to get them to where that treatment is. Mm -hmm. and, and that may be going to uh, another facility right. that, that, per, that produces that treatment. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, cool, man. I think we did a great job. How do you guys feel, man? I always feel, feel good. Feel pretty good, dude. Pretty good. <laughs> I always judge everything on if I how it went, right? On if I had fun or not. And I've had a blast. I have you guys been yeah. great, yeah. man. Yeah. Right. Thanks for joining me. Thanks everybody for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next time, gentlemen. Have a good rest of your day. Thank Appreciate you. it. All right.